0: Ladies and gentlemen, James Hicks here, infotainment news, ITN Live. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This is going to be a good one. You know, they're all good, but, you know, uh, they, they get better. And, and and my guest tonight is uh, someone, if you're in the sports, if you're spe- uh, specifically basketball, if you're from around Sacramento, you should know this guy, right? Right. Uh, Bill Horrenda. Bill Horenda is a NBA contributor, college basketball analyst, reporter, and speaker. Uh, he served as the Sacramento Kings insider on NBC Sports Bay Area and the Morning Sports Update anchor on KFBK. Since I last saw Bill, he has moved to Los Angeles and he now adds actor his growing bio and has appeared in some TV shows, including SWAT on CBS. He's been in a couple of movies, done some videos and some commercials. We're going to definitely talk about some of his, his acting chops uh, for sure. Uh, from the basketball and especially the college basketball scene, Bill serves as analyst on national TV and radio broadcasts covering games for nearly all of the big conferences, right? So Pac-12, Pac-10, Big 12, all of those. Born in Jersey City. He's the East Coast man as myself. He knows his way up and down the uh, the basketball court. He uh, he played for UMass. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Horrenda. Bill, how you James, doing, sir?
1: Absolutely terrific, James. It's so good to be with you and uh, so happy to reconvene and hope everyone is doing well, given the uh current uh turbulent circumstances that we're living in
0: that you like that can go all kind of ways there brother you know that that that's that just a, <laughs> a can of worms that you open but we'll focus maybe on the covid right now and and what i'll do um first of all the intro there you you got a lot of stuff going on in, in, in your life and you've got a long resume uh yes yeah. we we initially met uh when you were slinging uh it equipment right we 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 were both slinging uh computer equipment and cloud computing services at uh, at a data center facility here in in northern california and now I think you're doing what you're meant to be doing right you're 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 in sports, especially basketball because your your brother's a coach you played right i mean you you are basketball so what what why the shift? Let me, let me, I guess, start with that and ask, you know, you know, you started doing one thing, maybe you hadn't found your passion or, or, or what first, but what, what took you so much time, I guess, to, to finally get to where you are now? I mean, it, it <laughs> was, was it, you know, finding the right uh, resource, finding, finding the right team to work with or what? Ta- talk to us about how you got to where you are right now.
1: Right, right, no, that's a great question, James. And I think that uh, everyone's path is is quite unique and uh, I think a lot, of, like a lot of people, I'm just trying to really listen to the universe, and to be doing what you're meant to be doing. And uh, it's really evolved. I, I mean, the, the funny thing is that I was very happy in the corporate world uh, in various sales and marketing capacities, and then I had really been away from basketball for a while. Had young kids, and uh, all of a sudden they was over at UC Davis doing radio analysis on their games. And uh, Scott Marsh, who's still the play-by-play guy there, uh, was kind enough to give me an opportunity along with Larry Swanson. And my brother-in-law, Ken O'Brien, who played football at UC Davis and then later with the New York Jets, made the introduction there. And just one thing led to another. And it's just kind of uh, funny because uh, I spent some time last week at a sports broadcasting camp virtually for kids. And one of the main themes is, Never say no to an opportunity. And ironically, the radio analysis led to TV analysis with college basketball. Then I was asked to do football sideline reporting for UC Davis's radio broadcast. That led to KFBK and doing the radio updates there. So okay. the reason why I bring that up is because if I hadn't had the experience working the sidelines uc davis quick in and out quick in and out i would not have been able to to really do a good job at kfbk anyway uh so it has evolved it took me a while i was a late starter with broadcasting and uh and you know with acting I, i feel like this journey is still continuing and i'm just trying to hang on and ride the waves and and enjoy it uh so it's been quite circuitous, no, no doubt, but I, but it's been fun. It's been fun, and I, I'm I'm really anxious to see what's next. To be honest,
0: I love it. I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, you will you will notice that uh, Mr. Herenda has a incredibly vast vocabulary. <laughs> I can't even begin to spell. I can say it, circuitous, but uh, that that's impressive. I, that that that's that's good stuff, there, man. <laughs> I I, I got I give give you that one right there. Uh, yeah. UC Davis, I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, you gave me tickets to a UC Davis football game. Uh, I took my kids to that particular game, Uh, so thank you many years later. Thank you again for those tickets. But that was the one game, uh, I think you were there on the sidelines, when the power went out. Yes! It was was like the final play (laughs) of the fourth quarter we didn't think anything was going to happen. We start walking out. As we're walking out of off the field, the lights go out. <laughs> and the, all of UC Davis is pitch dark. We don't know what's going on. Um, you,
1: do you remember that game? I do. I do, Jay. And you know what's funny? <laughs> it's, it's a good thing that that's a turf field because <laughs> the, the sprinklers probably would have gone off if it had been natural turf, right? Uh, but I do remember that. And I think it was... I, I don't know if it was Northern Colorado, and I think Davis lost that game.
0: They did lose that uh, game, yes. They
1: did lose that game because there was a game. For, it was either the year prior or the year after where they won on a Hail Mary pass last second. And I think it may have been Northern Colorado, the Bears, uh, that were at Aggie Stadium on Soaker Field. And it's just kind of weird how you have different matchups and there are some strange things that occur. But yeah. great memories, great, great uh <laughs> Great. Time. What a what an excellent venue to uh I hope you I'm sure you guys enjoyed it because it's just such a nice venue to uh yeah. to, to watch watch sports out there for sure. Oh,
0: look, I, I I I went to Sac State and graduated as as a horner, but I I've had a number of friends who went to Davis and I, I love Davis. If you ask my wife, I still want to move to Davis for whatever reason. I, I don't have any, anyone living there right now, but I, I just definitely love that whole town and that whole vibe there. So uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was definitely a good time for sure. Um, let's, let's talk NBA, right? I mean, that, that's again, that's your wheelhouse. That's what you do. Uh, we're having this conversation uh, the evening after our local team. Put up some some nice numbers against uh, New Orleans. What was that? A uh, 140 to 125 win. So I guess let me ask you this: Are you focusing more on the, the 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 league as a whole, or you know, while you were here, you were obviously focusing quite quite heavily on the Kings. Right? Are you still focusing just on the Kings, or again, are, are you looking at the the whole league as a whole now?
1: Yeah, yeah, very broadly, James. So I'll look at the whole league, uh, teams, individual players, trends. So I'll do, uh, you know, it really varies, but I, I do some weekly interviews on SB nation radio, for example, yeah. uh, I'll dr- I'll pop on to KNBR in San Francisco, uh, from right. time to time and different markets throughout the country. So, uh, yeah, definitely now a very broad look at the league, but I try to, you know, especially lean, uh, you know, a little bit West coast, certainly with the Lakers and the Clippers here in Los Angeles and the Kings and the Warriors up North, uh, So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And and particularly now with with these circumstances in the bubble in Orlando, uh, it's been really fascinating to watch on so many different levels, right? Literally the different camera angles and figuratively to watch uh, what's occurring. So, but the Kings today, their offense was scintillating. I mean, they were absolutely terrific. Like you said, they put up 140 points. You know, Bogdanovich came back after an anemic 1-for-15 performance in that overtime loss against Dallas and put up a career-high 35. Fox was great uh, as well with 30 points. Harrison Barnes was steady with 22. So I-, I was really impressed with Sacramento's effort today to come up with their first win in the bubble after a tough overtime loss to Dallas. And now we'll, this will be a test of their medal tomorrow. Uh, Playing in a back to back against a very plucky Brooklyn team who got blown out by the Celtics, but they had previously beaten Milwaukee, uh, had the Brooklyn Nets. So so it'll be, it's like anything else, Uh, you know, uh, whether it's sales and tech, uh, playing in the NBA, broadcasting, you're only as good as your last effort. And uh, that's that's what I really enjoy about all those things that, uh, that, that, we're fortunate enough to do it i mean look at you I, I love your your mantra which is almost just about verbatim to jonathan simmons the longtime nba free agent stay ready so you don't have to get ready
0: stay ready so you have to get ready that's it yeah i love it yeah i love it um so let, let me ask you this um because you you're you're not in Sacramento anymore you you're, you're physically in los angeles talk to me about that whole move because that's that's a whole different culture change, right? I mean, I mean, Sacramento is fantastic. Roseville, where, where I'm at, is wonderful. But when you when you go down south to Los Angeles, a lot faster, right? It just just in terms of the energy that that's down there in the Los Angeles area. So, and and where physically are, are you? Are you? Oh, uh, well, James, I, I
1: can't say that. I, I just had a security concerns to paparazzi. <laughs> that's, I, well, really, that's I, true. I really, I really can't go there. I really can't go. There. But no, you know it's interesting because uh, big the, big time
0: movie star. Now, you know, again, you know the man, the man, and with the with the IMDb uh, page. Now. I, I, I hear you. That's all right. I know
1: that right, man. right, right. So no, what, what what's very interesting is that uh, you know I it was the King's Insider on NBC Sports Bay Area for a season. Contract wasn't renewed. Uh, for a number of years, with okay. the morning sports on KFBK. Uh, both terrific experiences. But sports was removed from the uh from the programming schedule there so you know it, it was previously uh, news traffic weather business sports right and i think i did that sequence correct i may not have said it correctly you know well, I, think, you- I think it was weather
0: weather on the 10s and you know sports on the half right. so, something something right. i don't remember. i, I I'm, right. I'm old old tom sullivan <laughs> days right i haven't watched KFVK in a long time but you know right. shout Shouts out to the old kfk network uh, when they were yeah, just AM, gl- not, like, not FM, you know, I'm, I'm a yeah. AM
1: guy. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. And we'll get to music too. But no, <laughs> So basically to move to LA is like, so, uh, you know, opportunity uh, with acting, you know, uh, the entertainment mecca, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also personally for me, it's funny you say it about the pace and all, because it, it re- does remind me, it's very different than New York, but having grown up, in the shadows, literally, of the skyline of Manhattan, right across the Hudson River. But like you said, born in Jersey City, my family's from Hoboken. I went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. There, there, there to me, it, it feels very much like home in a lot of ways. I love it. I, I love the, and I love Sacramento too. But you know, here before the pandemic, you'd go to a park and you'd have somebody, you know, rehearsing uh, their lines, right? Yeah. And, and then you know, you you walk through the park, somebody's working on a dance routine somebody sipping cappuccino and producers probably working on, uh, some other stuff. So from sides to music to the whole bit, there is, there is a lot of energy and, uh, and and it's, and it's, and it's worked out well, but I, I think also the, one of the salient points is that, you know, opportunities will, uh, present themselves, uh, again, you know, accept them, do the best you can stay in the moment, uh, always try to do the best you can at that specific project. But sometimes things don't last forever. And I think it's about, you know, again, staying ready so that you don't have to get ready and embracing some different opportunities. So the acting thing has been, has been fun. And it's been, uh, I think another way to, to kind of stretch your skills and, and yeah. get better and improve it. And what better place to do it than uh, than, than down here.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the again when I when I was looking at some of the the, the past work that, that you've done, like um on SWAT, on on the show SWAT, you were you were literally a you were calling a pickup game, uh what was it on, on Venice Beach, a pickup basketball game. I mean that, that's there's no one else that can be typecast besides you to do that. <laughs> I, I, you, you do that in your sleep. So now let, let me ask right. you something this you, you, you don't go to a script reading wearing uh that Mets had, do you? <laughs> you, you can't do that, no, right? I mean, no, that, y- that, that could immediately get you pushed out the back door if you wear a Mets hat and down in L.A. That's right.
1: Don't wear this to the audition. <laughs> when you, when <laughs> no, you get no, the role, maybe you can show yeah. up. In this, you're right. You yeah, can take a lot then, of yeah, like,
0: Then you can you know, walk in with a little swagger and, and then wear right. all of your, your jersey and, and your, your East Coast gear. But yeah, when, you, when, you, yeah. when you go into your script reading, make sure you're wearing some Lakers or some Angels or, <laughs> or, or, or something like that. That's, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: yes. Definitely.
0: The, I guess I, you know, what's really front of mind is again, from 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 a sports perspective, and I, and I guess because you because you're living it and you're you're talking about it every single day. What, how is the conversations happening right now about about that whole bubble, right? I mean, all of the players and the coaches and and the core staff down in Florida. How, how what, what are you hearing? You you know, at 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 your level in terms of how folks are really dealing with that. You know, I saw a story on, on ESPN.com earlier, I think it was yesterday, about all the Amazon packages come in, all the players shipping in, just, just stuff, like right? video game weights for working out, uh, refrigerators, just, just stuff like that. How, what are you hearing from the media and the press perspective about how the folks inside that area are, are acclimating?
1: Right, you know, and and I think wine is another popular item, James, because <laughs> that you know really is is a reminder of home, right? A comforting yeah. thing, and and what and what have you. If that's your thing, right? I mean, we could yeah. do tea or whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I think that it, it, from what I'm hearing too, it's it's been you know it's still early, uh, relatively speaking, and it'll I think it'll be interesting to see how this thing evolves and and ha- as the seating games. Uh, roll on here and you know you look at Sacramento like what I have that they have four they're about midway through they have four games left and then you get into the playoffs and and what have you but I think the NBA has done a really terrific job here of proving that you can keep people safe because I think the perspective going into it of course was you know uh, hoping for the best maybe expecting not the best and What's paramount is safety for the players, for the coaching staff, for the game operations crew, of course, the referees, safety of everyone involved. And, you know, knock wood, we saw the uh, announcement today that, again, there have been zero COVID cases yeah. there. Yeah. So I, I think what they're proving is that uh, in a controlled environment, uh, it can be safe. I've been impressed by the le- by the level of play. I mean, there's been some unbelievable offense. Talked about the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, putting up 140 points earlier today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's fun. And one of the things, James, really about the NBA uh, and acting and entertainment is that we're always learning, right? We're always learning. And I, I, I feel as though you look at this and you think that defense would be somewhat ahead of offense because you could kind of reestablish the pillars that you've built your defense on back in training camp, which seems like so long ago. But again, you fall back to the default of these are the 450 best players in the world and they will expose you offensively with their skills, right? If you're not ready, if you're not prepared. So I've been surprised by that. But uh, overall, I I think it's been certainly a a great experiment. I I just hope that everyone – is uh, maintaining themselves not only physically and on the floor, but also uh, from a mental, psychological aspect that they're feeling good about things and yeah. staying in touch with them. I mean, all those That's things, because because these are you know the NBA players are, are people. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like they, they yeah. are people have the same uh, needs, wants, desires, challenges that that we all have, and I think sometimes that gets a little bit lost but the league has done a great job I think on that front as well uh, from the standpoint of of mental health and Kevin Love and other guys DeMar DeRozan have been very vocal yeah. about that yeah. and of course now we see the league stepping up from a social justice standpoint too of course yeah.
0: definitely definitely you know I I I have to concur with you on, on all that I mean I think the NBA is doing things the right way right just from awareness from advocating for social justice and, and social messages uh, from the fact that they're keeping everyone safe. Again, no one can get in, no one can get out without being tested your temperature and things like that. So uh, hopefully we'll see that in the other leagues as well. Right. You know, I, I worry about football because, again, that that just seems to be just a, almost a crapshoot, just a harder dynamic to 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 control as opposed to the nba i mean it just seems to be easier to manage an indoor game like like the nba versus uh, you know a football team and a football league outdoor so we'll see how that all works out um I know it's early in the season, and I, I I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I I can't have a an NBA analyst on 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 camera here without asking for some predictions. You know, you, you know, your you boys down in Los Angeles seem to be trying to do something. But what, who are you seeing, or who do you want to see uh, at the at the end of this at the end of this uh, very special season?
1: Well, well, you know what, James, I, I I'm going to stick with this. You know, I I think it's going to be Milwaukee and the Clippers in the finals. And I think Milwaukee is going to get it done. I mean, you know, listen, what what you strive for, uh, I believe, is balance in the NBA, in today's league. Because you have to be able to score, but you also have to defend. Uh, Steve Clifford uh, is a friend of mine, the head coach with the Orlando Magic. He says, listen, unless you can go for 25 a night, uh, you know, you still have to guard your position. And there are only 15, 14 guys in the league who average more than 25 a night. But when I look at Milwaukee, you know, the, the, the gaudy scoring margin, plus 11.3. I, I know they haven't been too scintillating uh, down in the bubble. But, you know, a first in pace, first in defensive rating, uh, seventh in offensive rating. And listen, we have not had an NBA champion. We've only had two, actually, in the past 20 years outside the top 10 in defensive rating. And that being the Lakers in one and then the the Warriors just a couple years ago. And they were knocking on the door of the the top ten in defensive rating. So I really like Milwaukee. I think they've learned from their playoff experience last year. I mean, you can't say enough superlatives about Giannis. And the reason why I like the Clippers so much is that I I really feel as though, you know, the meek may inherit the earth, but they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. And I think they have guys that really play with an edge. Uh, you know, whether it's Montres Harrell, we haven't seen yet, uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, you know, they just play with with an edge, not to mention Paul George and uh Kawhi Leonard and what terrific two-way players they are. So anyway, I've I've been on that for a while. I I think Milwaukee at 7 over the Clippers is my – and I I love you putting me on the spot. It's got to be done. Oh, I'm
0: going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to put any money on it, but, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not – (laughs) I am i would not advise that. I'm going to write this down and make sure I remember this at the the end of the season. Uh, Interesting question that came up here. Uh, This is from – someone who's very close to me and I know as well, they, they're, uh, they're Syracuse fans. They are, uh, St. Mary's college fans. So they're, you know, D1 school. So talk to us about yeah. what, do you, what, what do you think about the NBA versus the NCAA in terms of, uh, some, some lessons learned.
1: Yeah, Grace, that's a terrific question. That was my mom's name. So I'm always partial to, uh, people <laughs> named Grace. Thanks for joining us. So, I think the NCAA will learn from the NBA. That the challenge that the NCAA has is uh, being so spread out and having the budgetary constraints to bring everyone into a central location. Yeah. I think what they'd like to do is they would like to have games that are played. Uh, you know, when you think about it, you have your non-conference portion of the schedule. Okay, so number one, if they're able to do that, meaning that you're not going to play the teams yet in your conference, you do that a little bit later on. So I think they will limit the geography of those non-conference games. So, for example, my brother's the head coach at FDU back in New Jersey. Now, they will not go to Notre Dame, to Kentucky, uh, to Ohio State, as they have in the past. They'll play Seton Hall. They'll play Rutgers. Those teams, they usually play them. Maybe they'll go up to Syracuse and play the Orange. So they'll try to contain it on a regional basis. Now, I'm not an infectious disease doctor nor an epidemiologist, but as we get closer to the season, I think it'll crystallize whether or not we'll even have a non-conference portion of the season, right? We're seeing in football where some of them are just yeah. going to have conference schedules. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a kind of a moving target. Uh, now, the one thing – to grace's question is could you do an ncaa tournament in one location like in orlando but the problem becomes how, how do you determine which teams to invite it, or to right. have there yeah. so you can't have all 325 teams but and then how do you so anyway i i do think though and i apologize if this is loquacious and i'm all over the place but i do think though if they Get, are able to get their conference schedules completed maybe what they do is go old school and go listen we're going to take uh the 32 or 34 teams that have won the regular season in your conference and bring them to an all-out to a central location and i think there you could see the ncaa okay. completely using the nba playbook
0: gotcha Got
1: you and good luck so, Syracuse great.
0: the great the, so the, the Kentuckys the Dukes uh, I mean the, those folks who would have normally placed uh, if it was if it was a regular season. yeah you know that makes sense but uh, smarter minds than me I guess will figure that out but uh, that that is you know some relevant conversations uh, that, that need to be happening right now um, let's let's, let, let's flash back a little bit uh, because you know, sports again is, is pretty much everything that you've done. And last I recall, as well, before you kind of dove wholeheartedly in, into the into the analyst world, you were working with the the Positive Coaching Alliance, right? And and that you were specifically focused on the chapter here in Sacramento. What was your
1: what was your role in that? Yeah, so you know what you say. I was the executive director, and That's the right mantra right. was "better athletes, better people," yeah. and. Basically, you were looking at taking the lessons from athletics and helping student athletes, uh, namely grammar school through high school, coaches and parents recognize you know the bigger picture. So you know Phil Jackson says, "Hey, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot more to life than basketball, but there's a lot more to basketball than basketball." And uh, f- people like Phil Jackson, uh, Doc Rivers, Dusty Baker, uh, Ronnie Lott. Uh, it was an amazing list of national advisory board members. And my job basically was to uh, help facilitate workshops for parents, coaches, and student athletes in the various uh, little leagues and, and youth sports organizations, as well as schools, facilitate those workshops and help raise the money uh, to do them. And we had a great, uh, local board of directors made up of a cross-section of coaches like the late Jim Soker and business people who were terrific from uh, Hunter Green who's an orthopedic surgeon, John Stone, uh, John Finnegan who's a longtime supporter. Uh, this is Andy Beal who started Max Preps. This is always problematic. Okay. Laurie yeah. Rude, you know, you name one or a couple of board members. <laughs>
0: you got to name them all, right? You, you got to name you, them all. But you, yeah, but, see, Lawrence, but so so in, col- in, in high school sports, you mentioned Max Preps. Again, everyone who's an athlete or, or a parent of an athlete, they know, okay, I, I know that. that. That's my kid's right. uh, uh, highlight reel. Right <laughs> There you
1: go. There you go. Right. So, yeah, so you know what, Jeff, that was a great experience, and that, that was a good opportunity to, uh, to kind of support what I'm really passionate about and kind of leverage uh, some experience in marketing and sales. And, and I, I also – we had great trainers, uh, Ron Nocetti, Joe Thomas, Ruben Nieves, we had terrific trainers uh, feed on the street. I delivered some workshops as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great it was a great experience. And then I I kind of left there to go to NBC Sports area as the Kings Insider uh and, and was working media full time at that point cuz I, I started okay. to do the KFBK which was an early morning deal. You know the I was, you know, five a.m. to 9 a.m. was the uh was my KFBK right. okay. shift if you will, yeah. Yeah.
0: I caught you every now and then because, you know, again, 5 a.m. is just I, I'm, I'm the night owl. right I, I, I can't I can't do the 5 a.m. then. But I will say if you can get in touch with uh, Mr. Dusty Baker, a uh, good man. Uh, he's got the Baker family winery up here in Elk Grove. I would we would love. Really? To you I didn't know that. Show, so there's a little yeah, plug. You yeah. Know, call, call Dusty up. Yeah, yeah it's okay. He's back I, I know he's. I know he's coaching in Houston. That's okay. Right. You know, right. You know, the family is up here, and if we can get some of that Baker family wine, I'm not going to turn it down. I'm I. I got to go. deliver. I got to deliver. See, that's You, my, you, that's you got to bring that in, but you know, there it is. Man. Right. We, we, we got to get something good out of 2020. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, any any more movies, commercials? I told you, I'm, I'm not gonna let you just slide off of having this IMDb thing going, and not. Uh, what, what was that movie that you 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 played the uh, the minister in, where you, where you did the spring, did the marriage ceremony?
1: Spring Breakaway.
0: James, All right, was so the name I, of that,
1: and yeah, I, did, I didn't watch yeah. the whole movie. I, I, will, I, will, <laughs> I will I will I
0: will admit that looks like something that it's just not something I will, but i'm proud of you talk talk to me about Thank that you. I, how'd you how'd you land that you know where were you in in a in a coffee shop in a peach somewhere or or what any coffee shop and they said this guy right here has the face. <laughs> Let, let's make him the uh the, the minister of ceremonies in in spring break
1: right well no you know what James it was just one of these deals where uh my agent uh presented the opportunity to me and uh I think she probably had a relationship with the director uh, of this film, and and the casting dire- the casting director as well. And it's like anything else, uh, the ability to demonstrate your work on your reel it just kind of builds. Uh, so, and and also, you know, acting is is one of these deals where you just cannot take it personally. You are. You can only do the best that you can do and let the chips fall where they may because yeah. uh, it, it can be a, a a very persnickety analysis, right? As far as height, weight, all of these things, and and someone could look at you and say, "Hey, this guy would be great." You know, they always say, oh, "Well, I like him, but I I have someone else in mind who I think could carry this and do a good job." So, uh, and. You know, Jenna Fisher, who played uh, Pam in the office, has a, a terrific book uh, called The Actor's Life. And uh, she says, You know what? You know if you're good. Now I'm paraphrasing, but she says, You know if you're good. If, you, if you're good, you know, keep, keep going. And uh, there's a lot of it too. There, Joseph Perlman's a great acting coach down here in Los Angeles in Hollywood. And he's like, You know, the camera is going to see what it's going to see. So, that's kind of a visual that kind of gets you over that hump of well you know being concerned about what people are going to see, and you know he says, "Great actors know uh it's great because they can feel it
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know was it fun? did you have an impact? Was it effortless? Did it feel like you and those are you know the four uh kind of criteria to judge whether or not you're you're doing a good job so
0: I love it. I love
1: it. I don't know if that makes that? sense, but Joseph Perlman—he's this guy—is is absolutely brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant.
0: Well, you know, you start dropping names, Jenna Fisher from The Office and everything. You know, everyone knows that, so we, we know you're definitely part of the the in crowd now. Uh, <laughs> the the, 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 uh, the Los Angeles in crowd. Love that. Love that. <laughs>
1: well, you know what, James? I, I listen. Full disclosure, I bought the book.
0: So uh, <laughs> she didn't. She didn't just send it to you, right? Yeah. You, you okay. Well, it's okay.
1: All right. right you know exactly yeah, so yeah. i just i just you know how it goes i don't want to be uh I, i've been guilty of hyperbole in the past uh so no one would be surprised but i i just love oh. her mantra of of you know you being enough yeah you know just be yourself and uh you know i also you know i think that's one of the things about the pandemic that it's I think people have had the opportunity maybe to take a step back and learn and listen and and, and hopefully get better. Uh, And I picked up the uh, 85% rule from Hugh Jackman, who was a guest on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And basically the 85% rule is that you should go at 85% uh, and your results will be 120%. And they picked this up from Carl Lewis – And they couldn't understand, they broke him down on tape and they couldn't understand why he started so slow, but then accelerated and and would blow people away. And basically what they noticed was that at a certain part of the hundred meter dash, the other participants would be straining and straining and straining. And Lewis's stride and his mechanics, the fluidity was consistent. So basically, he was going at eighty-five percent, but he was getting terrific results. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I like, you know, to just the whole learning process, and then having the opportunity to incorporate it and and present it. But of course, and we can get into this, James, just from the standpoint that now it's, it's it's a very tough time in Hollywood because very few things are shooting, but that doesn't mean yeah. you can't improve uh and i think that's what a lot of people are, are, are trying to do right now is really stay ready because when it does come back it'll probably be a feverish pace because i think there'll be great demand for new content as everyone has uh kind of gone through a lot of stuff on netflix Hulu and what have you so there will probably be demand to get a lot of a lot of stuff out there again
0: yeah we, we've been binge, binge watched everything that there is uh there is nothing else right. left for us to watch We're, uh, we're watching uh, Yellowstone right now on Peacock. Uh, gotcha. Which, yeah. Which is not about Yellowstone. It's not about the the, the national park. It's <laughs> so if you go into a thing and it's it's a it's a documentary or like a National Geographic kind of thing, it's not that. But it's it's a really? great show. It's it's a good show in and of itself. Um, but yeah, there, there are a couple of things that, that, that we've watched, uh, on, you know, Netflix, Peacock, uh, Hulu and things like that. And it, it, it's time to get outside. So, so hopefully, yeah. you know, following the science, hopefully things will come to a head to where we can get back out and, and to get back to some normalcy. Uh, that's me trying to use a big word like you. I don't, I don't even know. If, <laughs> I, I, I may have had too many consonants in that, to be honest with you, but you know, no, no, but, uh, that's not, that was probably the... not, you know, probably not going to happen until next year. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, that was
1: delivered flawlessly. I,
0: I, I you know, I've, for for ten years, I've tried to just just match the uh, the source of uh, Bill Horinda. And, and it's just it doesn't work. Uh, well,
1: you know, I, everybody's I, got you're enough, James. Like Jenna Fisher says, you are enough. You're <laughs> more than enough. And That's what we have to do, right? We all have to find our our niche and our uh, and our flow. And or good, good energy and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: appreciate that. So what, what, what's you got going on next, man? Um, you you're, you're in Los Angeles, you're, you're not going to, to Florida, which is, which is good because you're going to stay safe. You are can stay at home. Uh, what, what's, what's the, the week look like for you coming up, right? I mean, you probably got some, 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 some analyst work to be to be going on and, and doing because the seasons and full swing. Um, what, what's next, short-term, mid-term, and then long-term for, for Bill Horander?
1: Yeah, sure. You know what, James? So, so short-term is really uh, continuing to dig in on the uh, on the NBA and what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a variety of, of – uh, I think it's a variety of things that, you know, I'll look at. You know, I'll, I'll watch the games, of course. I'll look at, you know, numbers and data and analytics. And, you know, for example, we talked about uh, – being in the top 10 in defensive rating and that being so important. And, you know, there are only four teams, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Boston, and the Clippers that are in the top 10 in both de- defensive and offensive rating. So th- sometimes you can try to narrow down who may be your NBA champion by looking at that, right? If they are only two yeah. out of the last 20 years uh, not in that top 10 in defensive rating. But, you know, Toronto is 11th, so knocking on the door. But anyway, I digress. So a lot of what I'll do now is st- staying focused on the NBA And, uh, like I said, I, I, like I have Sunday night, I have my weekly appearance on Dave Smith, Smith show on SB nation radio. And so just kind of understanding the trends in the game and what, what's going on and what have you. I host the podcast. Uh, I had Gordy Chiesa on recently, who is the, uh, radio analyst on the Utah jazz, uh, pre half and post time show, but he was Jerry Sloan's, uh, Right-hand man, his assistant coach for many years in Utah, brilliant. Uh, and so, I'll host that podcast from time to t- from time to time. And uh, Gordy was the the last guest that I had, so I'm due to uh, produce uh, another podcast there. And then, you know, uh, the auditions are random and come in sometimes when you least expect it. And those are being done. You know, I'll throw a, a the backdrop up. And uh, get after it, get get the yeah. size, and get 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 that. So that's always kind of like a a constant. But shooting is tricky right now. You know, there's there are some voiceover opportunities. So it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a hodgepodge right now, and it's a little a little choppy as to what will be uh, what will be next. But I had a great week last week helping uh, kids at uh, the uh, sports broadcasting camp that is run by. Uh, Tim Capshaw is the Brooklyn Nets radio analyst, and there uh, are a bunch of uh, uh, Dave Popkin who does Seton Hall's uh, color commentary with Gary Cohen, who does the, works for the New York Mets on TV. I had a great time with that. So th- there's likely going to be more virtual uh, public speaking classes and and sports broadcasting uh, opportunities that I'll be working on, whether that's in a group setting or Uh, In one on one. So that's kind of my three things. It's like the NBA, some auditions, and then thirdly, uh, not in any particular order, uh, perhaps helping more. I won't even say just kids, but people with uh, communication skills from from, uh, you know, public speaking to some communication stuff as well
0: awesome awesome you are you are not settling in you you are staying busy so that that, <laughs> that, that is good stuff make sure that i get those links of your podcast i have already got your, your youtube channel and all that because i want to make sure to put those in the show notes so folks can stay in touch with you um, and I, I know you're on uh other other means of social media so we want to make sure that folks keep in touch with Mr. Bill Horenda and and all of his exploits and sure and so 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 you can name us kind of in in the acceptance speech uh, as, <laughs> as as you get that Tony or Emmy or you know wh- whichever one of those those awards that you're you're going to get uh, in the very near future for sure. Um, Bill, thanks absolutely, but, James.
1: But no, I, James, I, I, pre- is, I appreciate so, you, brother. Well, me too, James. I appreciate you, and uh, it's so great to reconnect. And, uh, yeah. I wish you and your audience all the best to stay safe and well. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to continuing to peel the onion here. I know there's <laughs> a lot more in front of, in front of uh, both of us yeah. without, a doubt, oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I, I purposely left out cause we can go and talk for hours about, uh old school R and B, old school soul look ladies and gentlemen bill horrenda yeah. knows he knows his uh he's got his discography down he knows ashford and simpson and <laughs> and, and um uh, you know bill withers and stevie wonder he he can recite every lyric from uh from from all of those albums so we will we will definitely have that for another day where you come back and we have those conversations for sure
1: I I would love it, James. I would love it. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right, but I appreciate you. Bill, be safe, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of ITN Live. I am your host, James Hicks. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Bill Arenda. You guys be good. Peace.